Welcome to the Brighter Web Podcast, insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. I'm your co-host, Robert Carnes. Hey, and I'm Mickey Mellon. Good to be here. So on this episode of the podcast, we're going to get into something that I think is a little fun because we're going to be talking about our favorite digital marketing tools. Yep. I love talking about this stuff. Probably to a bad degree even, but yeah, it's yeah, enjoyable. So, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like every time I go to like a marketing conference or something, they always give their presentation and then they usually just throw in their favorite like two or three tool tips at the end. Yep. But that's always like the dessert. It's always the fun part. <laughs> it so is. Yeah. It's fun to have a just like dessert-filled episode of the podcast. There you go. Let's do it. So I will say we're, we're not exactly going to talk about some of the, the bigger marketing platforms that you've probably already heard of, things like WordPress and Google Analytics and MailChimp. Like You're probably already familiar with, with some of those, and there's certainly more we can get into with those later. But we're going to get into a little bit other tools that are still very, very helpful, and some of which you may have heard of, but are fun things that can be used for very specific purposes uh, and that we really probably couldn't do our jobs without. Awesome. That sounds great. So, Mickey, why don't you kick us off with your number one digital marketing tool? Cool. So this is my first one. I don't know if it's number one. I don't have these in order of, of greatness or anything, sure. but a good RSS reader, I think, is essential just for, for following blogs and news and stuff in one place. And Feedly is a great one for that. F-E-E-D-L-Y. Feedly. Just any site you want to that has a blog, you can subscribe to it. And when they publish new content, it shows up in your Feedly. And if they don't, it doesn't. So you get the best of both where you don't have to go to all these different sites to collect the news. But if you follow a source that publishes very infrequently, that's okay too. When they publish, it comes to you. When they don't, it doesn't waste your time. And it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, I believe it's free and the paid version is like five bucks a month or something ridiculous. So fantastic tool. Yeah. I use Feedly as well. And we've talked about it a little bit more in depth on even other episodes yep, of this podcast. Indeed. What's your first one? We've also mentioned these tools on another episode as well, but writing tools that can really help you edit and get clarity on your writing. Uh, and the two biggest ones that it comes to that topic is Grammarly, which about a lot of people know. For sure. But the Hemingway app is another really useful one that's completely free. I don't even think there's a paid version at all. Oh, wow. And you really just copy and paste your text into the, the uh, text editor of the app and it will analyze it for like uh, complexity and oh, you've used too many adjectives here and it really just helps get a lot more clear and clarity on your writing. That's fantastic. I've not used that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So what's what's your next digital uh, marketing tool? My next one, I think every, not every company, most companies need a good CRM though to track their inbound leads and clients. Uh, the one we use is Pipedrive. It's a fantastic tool, but there are a lot of CRMs out there. A lot of, a lot of great ones, a lot of bad ones probably too, but other good ones would include things like Salesflare. HubSpot has a, a very popular CRM. Notion could be baked into a CRM. We use that as our CRM for a long time, but just someplace to have all those leads in one place so you can just keep track of what's going on and make sure you follow up appropriately. And ideally, we use with Pipedrive to be able to forecast a little bit of what potential revenue looks like in the future. And if somebody doesn't know what CRM stands for, why don't you fill us yeah, in? Yeah, that, that would help too. Yeah, Customer Relationship Manager. So managing those relationships and really, we use it almost more for potential relationships than active ones. We have different ways to handle that. Keeping track of all these people that have discussed an interest in our services and trying to keep those conversations all straight in our head. So... Those are fantastic for that. Yeah. What's your next one you've got for us? So this goes even just beyond marketing, but every business and every professional needs a like official password manager. Oh, we sure. use LastPass, but there's other ones out there. OnePass, other similar ones yep. that will basically store and lock down all of your passwords so you're not having to remember them all, but also so that they're in a safe place. You're just a little bit less liable to get kind of hacked. And we had a whole episode where we talked about all the details having to do with online privacy and security. So be sure to listen to that one. But I think you need a, a password manager to be successful. Yep. And LastPass is fantastic. It's super powerful. And 
Again, the paid version of it is just silly cheap. It's like $4 a month or something. And it's just, yeah, absolutely worth your time for that. Yes. So my next one I'll dig into is uh, reading and just way different tools to help you read more efficiently. My two big ones, one would be Kindle. I love, I love my Kindle. I got the new one last year that came out just it's 10% better than the one before, but basically the same little bigger screen. I notice I'm increasing the font sizes every time I get one just to help that out. Yeah, and but that's not even like a digital tool. That is a physical yeah, it's a physical tool, object yeah. that you can have. But I do like the digital pieces of it where I can yeah. highlight things on the Kindle as I read, and then they're all in one place for me on the Kindle website when I'm done, and I can copy them all into my stuff there. I'm also a big fan of the site Blinkist, which does book summaries. Uh, we talked about this in previous episodes as well, but it gives you like a 20-minute read of a popular book. And so I do a lot with Blinkist, and then I also use Goodreads to see what other people have said about that book. Whether I do Kindle or Blinkist, I still go to Goodreads just to see what highlights I might have missed. If 5,000 people highlighted this one quote, it's worth looking at. Between Kindle and Blinkist and Goodreads, it's different ways to consume books. Yeah, Goodreads is maybe one of the most underrated social media networks out there. It, it hasn't is, really yeah. taken off as a social thing, but I love it for just tracking my books, leaving ratings and reviews. It's a very niche social platform, but it's it's awesome. Yeah, and the social pieces are what I like most about it. Seeing other reviews, seeing other highlights, yeah. even for people I don't know. It's just, yeah, if other people that read this book, what stood out to them, and that's helpful. Absolutely. Know, make sure it stands out for me. What's your what's your next one, Robert? CoSchedule is a paid tool that helps digital marketers manage their content calendar for social media and for blogging, but they also have some really, really powerful free tools. They have a blog headline analyzer and an email subject line analyzer, hmm. and they are really, really nice. I think you have to set up an account with them to actually be able to access either one of them, but again, 100% free. I use them for every single blog post that I write uh, or edit and every single email that I send out because the subject line and the email, blog post headline are two of the most really important things. They're the thing that your audience sees first before they're going to read your email or your blog post. So you want to make sure to get it right. These two tools are really nice because they will actually score how good you're doing when it comes to your subject line or your headline. Uh, and they'll make tangible suggestions of like, hey, increase the length of how long this is or decrease the length or remove these words from it to increase your score and optimize how many people are going to click on this. It's a no brainer. And I think once people start using it, it just adds a little bit of time to your editing process, but it, it just makes it so much more powerful when you're actually publishing content. Awesome. And I've not used that piece of it. I've used the core co-schedule features before. And the core product is fantastic too. Just yeah. to be able to drag and drop on a calendar. See what's coming up in a visual view is, is wonderful. And then to add in those features is killer. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what is your, your next digital marketing tool for us, Mickey? So again, this is a concept with a few tools behind it, but just a good flow for your notes. My basic thought is that people should have two kinds of notes. You should have disposable notes that you just can quickly get to anytime and put down your ideas, but that you will then process into a proper system later. So my disposable notes, I use Google Keep for that. Just it's always up on my desktop. There's an app on my phone. And really my favorite is in the car. I can just say the magic words to, to summon Google in the car and say, take a note. Tell Robert about that thing I saw. And when I get back to my desk, I'll have a note sitting there that says, tell Robert about that thing I saw. And then I will either tell Robert about that thing I saw or put it in my notes and put it on the counter, deal with it and then delete that disposable note. And then for me, my long-term notes go into Rome Research. I'm still loving Rome for that, but you can use Notion, you can use Evernote, you can use Bear. There are so many note tools out there depending on how you like to work. OneNote is surprisingly popular. Lots of great choices yeah, there. Yeah, Evernote's another one that I use for a little while. Yep. Um, I, I love that approach and I take a similar approach without even thinking about it. Most mm -hmm. of my long-term stuff goes into like Google Docs. Yep. So I'll usually you know transition 
thoughts and ideas into a Google Doc. I use Google Keep as well, but I don't just use them for disposable ideas. I actually use them for quick reference as well. Mm -hmm. So things like graphic designers using like hex codes, if you need to grab those really, really quickly, or Wi-Fi passwords, or the code to that door that you can think of, or like, oh, I need a, an idea for a blog post, I'll, I'll have a list in there. So anything that's just, I need to access really, really quickly, I also keep in Google Keep. Okay, it's good good case for that for sure. Yeah. What do you got next for us? So I think every digital marketer really needs to have a solid survey tool. There are some things like MailChimp, the bigger platforms that have built-in survey tools, but if you don't have something like that, two of the ones that we prefer are either Typeform or SurveyMonkey. SurveyMonkey is one probably most people are familiar with. It's a really easy to use one. It's got a really solid, robust, free option. Typeform is a little bit more premium level, like you do have to pay for it. But I, I really like just how intuitive it is. It's actually really nice when you're actually filling out survey. It was just really built in a different type of way to just be more accessible and more human. So we actually use Typeform at Green Melon for all the surveys that we send out. But just being able to have a tool and a resource that allows you to collect ideas or thoughts or survey your audience is really crucial in digital marketing. Yep. Awesome examples. Yeah. So what about you? What's your next one, Mickey? My next one is just a broader suggestion to learn keyboard shortcuts. A lot of us know the control Z to cut and control V to paste. And for a lot of people, when they first learned that it was revolutionary, Ooh. but there are hundreds more keyboard shortcuts that I'm moderately good at, not super good. Our developer, Ashley, is fantastic. She doesn't even touch her mouse. She just flies around on the keyboard, gets so much done. It's amazing to watch. But if you can just do some quick reference and search for really a couple levels, search for operating system shortcuts, like when you're on Windows or Mac, like what are some of the shortcuts just to jump to a different window or a different tab or whatever, and look at your browser shortcuts. How can you move around different tabs, duplicate a tab, close a tab, and then every app has its own set of shortcuts. Yeah, keyboard shortcuts. Like Gmail I use has quite a lot. I actually learned the Gmail ones when I switched to Superhuman for a while. They really forced the shortcuts on you. They're basically the same ones as Gmail. So when I left Superhuman, I still kept a lot of the muscle memory from that just to quickly open an email and close it and compose a new one and do some of that with keyboard shortcuts. So get a lot done with that. Yeah, that is not a concept that I utilize nearly enough. I stick to some of the basics. Mm -hmm. So... I in all my free time, I'm sure that I will learn a lot more <laughs> keyboard shortcuts. But again, it's, it could be a good investment of time up front so to maybe save you a little bit of time in the long run. Yep. And another angle I like with it too is for accessibility because there are a lot of people that can't use a mouse and have to use just a keyboard. Sure. And so it's good just to at least appreciate what they're going through. I, I challenge a lot of people, and heck, I'll challenge all of you listening now, to try using just a keyboard for like an hour. Print out the keyboard shortcuts and just see what you can do. And you'll, you'll better understand what people with disabilities that can't use a mouse how they struggle to use the internet without a mouse. And it can be real tough in some cases. And while you do that for an hour, it's, it's a painful hour, but you'll start learning some keyboard shortcuts along the way. And it's a, it's a win for you, both in terms of empathy and productivity. Yeah, so. absolutely. What do you got for us next? So every digital marketer needs to have a good SEO tool. Again, SEO, if you're not familiar, search engine optimization. So helping to make sure that your website is found on search engines like Google and Bing. Two of the big ones are Moz and SEMrush. Rush, SEM Rush. We use Moz. We do. And we use that for all of our keyword research, both for Green Melon uh, as an agency, but also with all of our clients. It really just is a nice way to see a little bit behind the curtain of, of what Google is doing. Again, all the algorithms that they have are proprietary and these tools don't know what those algorithms are, but they have a pretty good idea of it. They can look at what the results from uh, search engine searches are and they can make suggestions around what kind of where your site
site is ranking, what keywords are ranking for, how you could rank better for some of those things. And so it's really just very helpful if you're creating online content to run it through a, an SEO tool to make sure that it's actually gonna to help with your your being found by the right audience. Absolutely, and the, the links these companies go to to try to get good data is amazing. I know Moz, for example, they actually crawl much of the internet like Google does and try mm -hmm. to come up with their own search results and then they compare what actually shows up on Google and try to better infer what Google is ranking and not ranking and just to better understand like to, to the point of millions of sites that they look at just to try to get that data to help you with your one little site. So. Yeah, these, these tools are fantastic. Yeah, and they're both paid options. They have, I think, free tools as their own marketing that you can utilize as well. But I really do think the bang for your buck of what you're getting for the paid tool is well, well worth it. So I'd encourage everybody to check at least one of those tools out. For sure. So what's your, your final tool for us to consider, Mickey? Yeah, my last one, especially since we're so focused on websites at Green Mountain, we think that's the hub of where you should be, is our heat map tools to visually see where people are clicking on your site. You have Google Analytics and other tools that can get you some great data, but just to visually see where people are clicking and really where they're not clicking yep. can make a big difference. We use one called Crazy Egg. There are plenty of other ones. Another popular one is called Hot Jar. With Crazy Egg, we actually made a, not a big change, but an important change to the Green Melon site not long ago. We had a tab at the top that said Experience, and we noticed in the heat map, no one was clicking on it. because Maybe they were like, is this an experience for me? Or They didn't know what it was. It was right. too confusing, so they went away and clicked on other things instead. So we changed it to like Our Work, that's very clear and concise, and now it's getting a lot more clicks. And we may not have noticed that if we didn't have Crazy Egg, where we can see navigation was all lit up, except for that one tab that wasn't getting clicked. So we use that for us, we use it for our clients, and it's a great way to see what's happening. Sometimes we can forget with all the data that the people who are visiting our websites are actually people. In most <laughs> yep. cases, obviously, there's, there's spam bots out there that we want to disregard, but right. we actually want to make websites and digital marketing content that's relevant and usable for people. And so tools like uh, Crazy Egg are really helpful to watch how people behave on your website and then make those changes that are gonna make it easier for them to access the information that they wanna get. Yep, exactly, well said. And what is your last one you got for us? So I went a little bit different. This is probably one <laughs> that people have not heard of and it you know, has a different use case, but it's a website called thispersondoesnotexist.com thispersondoesnotexist.com. If you search for it, you'll find it on Google. And if you visit it, you're gonna see a picture of a person's face. And that person you're seeing does not exist. You can refresh the page as many times as you want and it's gonna automatically come up with new pictures. These are completely computer-generated, artificial intelligence-created pictures and images of people. The nice thing about that is that you can use those basically copyright free. You're not using a picture of an actual person who's gonna get upset. You can use those for your digital marketing uh, because that image has been created one time for you and will never ever be seen again by anybody else. So if yep. you see a picture you like, obviously make sure to save it because it's, right. it's going into the void. When you hit void. refresh, it's gone forever. Yes, yeah. yes. But it's, it's also just fascinating to look at and realize a computer made this thing. You mm -hmm. know, it crunched all the data behind actual pictures of people and merged it all together into a new unique image. So it's it's even just interesting to take a look at, even if you're never gonna use this, if you don't have a, a purpose behind it for your business, it's still just kind of interesting to, to go in there and spend like five minutes just hitting refresh and just yep. seeing what it comes up with. And most of them are actually stunningly realistic looking, but every once in a while you'll get one that's messed up that the computer <laughs> didn't know what it was doing and yep. is very obviously a computer generated image. So. It's just a fun tool to, to try out. Yep, absolutely. So great list, yeah. 
So thanks, Mickey, for, for sharing this list with everybody. Hopefully, at least one of these tools really stood out to uh, the listeners, and we encourage you to give all of them a try. But if you have been, thank you for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast, brought to you by Greenmelon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can also find show notes and more episodes at abrighterweb.com.